On today's episode of the Outfielder Podcast, the great Sambino, Ben Baseball, and I are going crazy in quarantine. It's about time for this thing to be over, right? We miss baseball. We need baseball to come back. We miss fantasy baseball. We miss watching baseball. We miss cheering for our teams. We miss everything involving baseball. So it needs to be back as soon as possible. We're trying to deal with it as best we can. We are also breaking down today the Red Sox investigation and its cheating scandal from 2018. And we are going to debate the actual specifics of the report. It's going to be a great episode. We look forward to talking with you guys about it. We also want to remind everyone that today's episode of The Outfielder is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go on over to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. Like I've told you guys for weeks, months, almost a year now, the great Sambino, Ben Baseball, and I have been doing this. We love Audible. It's a great way to get the books in and a quick concise manner and make sure that we're up to speed on all of our baseball knowledge and everything in between so make sure to check it out it's audibletrial.com forward slash slm to get started now what's up everybody and welcome back to the outfielder podcast episode 107 brought to you by sensibly loud media i am your host j mac aka founder numero uno and i'm joined by my co-host mr pop fly himself founder numero dos ben my dealers <laughs> use jitterbug baseball ben what's going on man not a lot my friend how are you holding up doing all right man doing all right you know who else uses a jitterbug? Let's get out the old binoculars, have a look down that uh, foul line, and see what's going on. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast, number three, the great Sam Bino. Welcome back, Sam. Happy day 50. 53, something like that. Just absurd. It all runs together. It does. It really does. And it's easy to do because it's just monotony over and over again. But truthfully, like, I haven't really been too bothered by all this. I like being at home. I do like my home. I like being home. I really like going into the office. I'm a much better worker that way. Interesting. Ben, where do you really follow this? I really like having the ability to go somewhere if I want to and then choose to stay at home. But the fact that I've eliminated that choice upsets me. Te- technically, you can go somewhere, but it's just not open and free like it, no, it normally is. No, you can't. You know, I could. Yeah, I. I can, you know, like lift my car, but that doesn't mean I'm going to. Or it's a good idea. Okay, I'm going to push back on that. There's zero chance you can lift your car. <laughs> no, you idiot. Like, with a lift kit. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I heard, yeah. You heard what I heard, right? Like, mom on cocaine lifting cars to save a child or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. This, this show's gotten Sam. weird. <laughs> I miss baseball. I no, miss you know baseball. what really pisses me off is that, like, it's the parenting while expected to work. That's the hard mm. part. It's got to be tough. Like, that is one thing that I'm grateful for is that I don't have kids through this because I feel like just keeping them occupied would be the worst thing in the world. It's it's hard enough to keep myself occupied. Yeah, like, and on the weekends, it's better because it's like, cool, we can watch TV or play outside or I'm going to turn on the sprinklers and you can run through it. But, like, let me 
take this conference call, give this presentation while also teaching division to a second grader. You know, like there's just a lot there. While learning, relearning division yourself to be able to yeah. teach said. Yeah. Yeah. I know how to divide because of my iPhone. <laughs> Let's Take that middle school math teacher who said we'd never walk around with calculators in our pockets. Who looks dumb now? <laughs> That's got a, a show open written all over it. Some piece of that spliced together, I'm sure. God, that's just so true, though. They did. I had that said to me all the time. Yeah. yeah. And I still carried around my TI-83 all the time and was proud of it even then. And now it's even easier than that. Right. <laughs> and, you know, we have reached the point in quarantine where, gentlemen, I want to show this off to you. Guess who had their spouse give them a haircut? Oh. You. This guy. Looks pretty good. It does look good. Compliments the, to both of you. Got the clippers uh, that I would normally use on the dog. Okay. And uh, just had her do a one on the sides and the back. I almost went with a mohawk, but then I remembered I'm in my 30s, and so I didn't. It's a newer look for you, though, right? You're shorter on the sides and longer on the top. That's a little newer, right? Yeah. Well, normally when I do the short on the sides, I do have them. Uh, I do have them take some off the top, but I didn't. I didn't want to have to trust my wife's scissor work. Right. Yeah. And this is a good opportunity to try something new. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of haircuts, Sam, you're looking fresh. What's going on? Yeah, I got a haircut also. My spouse did not do it. I got a black market haircut. Oh. Hmm. We're supposed to be supposed to be observing social distancing even in Georgia. Um, hmm. But my buddy's sister-in-law, her she's she cuts hair for a living. And um, her salon had been closed up until this last Friday. So she um, rounded up all the people in my buddy's neighborhood, like, and just was charging for haircuts, like right outside, just put a stool right in front of the, my buddy's house and had, you know, like mask and gloves and like was cleaning the tools after every person and charging 25 bucks a pop. So I went and got a real haircut. Okay. I mean, it's about as sanitary as you could do it, right? Yeah, I mean, did I need to do that? No. Am I putting everyone at risk by doing so? Absolutely, Absolutely not. Absolutely, no. You're everyone. Everyone. You're, no, oh, no, everybody. Dude, you're the you're the cause and the the effect of this thing. That's for okay, well, zero over there. <laughs> whatever. There's like a two hundred million people with it or something. Don't worry about it. So at first, whenever you were saying that she set the stool up, I and you said she set the stool up outside of my buddy's house. I thought you meant like a speakeasy type situation where it's like <laughs> you got to go like knock on the door a certain way to be able to get in. You know that kind of deal. But it's just the door panel on the sidewalk. <laughs> like there's no walls. It's just the door. Yeah, um, stupid. Yeah, that's actually how i got my last tattoo was just in someone's yard mm, yeah that'll just happen kidding. see i i'm fortunate that i i don't have to, i don't really grow any hair anymore so <laughs> it's pretty easy for me just to take the clippers and shave my own head and i've been doing it for like i don't know a couple of years now because i looked at it and i was like why am i spending 25 dollars to get my head buzzed i can do that myself yeah good for you yeah it's fine it's practical saving I'm money gonna, over here I'm going to take my my uh, better genetics and 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 I'm going to keep that card. Yeah, hey man, it is what it is. I'm going to fucking own it because I, you know, what else are you going to do? Look like an asshole. That's good. No, this I love actually, it. This was actually the best haircut I've gotten in a while. I usually go over to Great Clips, spend 15 smackaroos, and get a real piece of shit haircut. It's different every time. Yeah, this was really, this one was good. Hmm. Did you did you tip pretty well? Because I feel I like did. you have to. I gave her 40 on a 25 dollar cut. That's okay. good. That's pretty good. That's good. I'm like, thanks for thanks for doing this. Thanks for. Risking getting sick. How many people's hair did she cut? 
So my buddy's neighborhood is like, um, there's like, it's like a loop road. So there's one way in and then it goes all the way around to the same entrance exits. Okay. And so they basically like block the road off after six and there's kids and adults walking around everywhere. Like everyone is social distancing, but everyone's outside. I think she probably cut like 35 people's hair. Wow. Damn. Good for her. That's she said awesome. she's going to do it again this weekend, even though they opened up her salon on Friday. Well, she doesn't <laughs> have to charge rent. or <laughs> She doesn't have to like pay studio space. Yeah. 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 You're, you're doing it right in the front yard. You're just maximizing your, your cost savings right there. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's a but brilliant I'm sure, ben, I'm sure Ben would agree that like, it makes a huge difference getting a haircut when you really need it. It's like liberating. Oh, I, for sure. I do. I do feel better. Um, I mean, I'm going to say that that getting a fresh haircut and like the nice niceness around the ears, that's almost as passionate as I am about having my yard look nice. And so I had my my crew come by today. They did a great job. And I'm going to I've said it before on this podcast. I'll say it again. Edging makes the yard change my mind. Uh, well, so I have a question. First and foremost, you had uh, the crew come by. So you had like the lawn crew come do it. You didn't do it. Since I bought this house, yes, because when I lived in the tiny house, I um, unacceptable. Oh, shut up, <laughs> you bougie! I'm gonna shave my own head, son of a bitch! Like, bougie! I'm the one that mows my own lawn. <laughs> I've mowed my own lawn. I'm I'm in my 30s, Justin. <laughs> what am I, a 15 year old with a paper route? I don't know. You're the one paying to get your lawn mowed. That's all I know. Anyway, go yeah, on. And it, and it looks choice. I tell you what, let's do this, y'all. We're going to this week, we're going to put pictures on social media and y'all pick whose yard looks the best between J Max, Sam and I. I mean, I'm going to lose this no matter what happens. Because You're both going to lose. There's no way. I mean, I edged my lawn the other day. Everything looks as nice as it can, but it still hasn't really grown in yet. It doesn't nearly look like what I presume Sam's look like and what yours look like, Ben. So yeah, we'll put them up. People terrific. can vote. Yeah. So uh, speaking. Speaking of things that I am upset about, do you have do you have a moment for me to for me to rail on on something baseball related? Always, because I miss okay. baseball. I'm going to say that a lot. Okay, so I too miss baseball, and um, let's just let's just go to this. So, a few months back, when we talked about you know like can this happen, and before we even came up with our own um, baseball bracket challenge that we were doing. I proposed the question and said, God, it would be really cool if I had a way to simulate every team's all-stars playing each other to see who has the best of all time. Do y'all remember me saying this? Vaguely. Okay. I'm I remember sure the MLB the- doing it this month. Well, that's, that's my fucking problem because <laughs> here's the thing. If you check the tapes, I've said this like months ago months ago and then last week mlb dream bracket whose best is the best sponsored by motherfucking DraftKings. all right that's right pisses me off because they took my idea okay that is absolutely robbery because you have been talking about this for a while at least in some way shape or form with this and i will give them credit for like they're doing a good job they they added on the al side they added all the uh all-stars from the negro leagues and on the nl side they added in all the stars who are under 25 just so they have a chance. You know, your Vlad Juniors and people like that. And they've had everyone play out in a simulation, you know, best of seven and advancing on. Mm-hmm. So it's fantastic. I'm just saying 
Ben Baseball's waiting for his check, DraftKings. I'm going to put it out there that we are willing to reward listeners for finding when Ben Baseball said this and bringing it to our attention because there's way too much fucking content for me to go through out there to do it. So we will make it worth your while. That's for sure. I, I have a general observation. Ben, great, great job calling that out. But this is not related to the content of that. I would just say that when I hear Ben curse, it just it something inside me lights up because I curse all the time and it like kind of doesn't mean anything anymore. But it's like it's like if Jerry Seinfeld told a dirty joke, you would just laugh so hard because he doesn't do that. Yeah. And Ben cursing just now really made me laugh quite quite nicely. Like you know he's fired up whenever he's dropping a curse word. Like you, this, yeah. we're not messing around in that case. No, we're not crying wolf. No. No, I. And you could, that's something to check the tapes on. It's probably less than a dozen times that I swear on this podcast. I mean, it's, yeah, very few whatsoever. It's really remarkable. So that's, I agree. Like, that made me laugh, too, just because I knew that Ben was really about to drive home a point. And here we are. Like a, it's like a trump card. Exactly. But that's so bullshit that they ripped you off, though. Using that term. Do y'all want to know who made the top eight in MLB's dream bracket? Yeah, I was just going to ask you. So let's talk about this. So um, first off, in the... It's worth noting that Sam and my team, the Texas Rangers, lost in the first round to Justin's team, the Boston Red Sox. It's tough. They did take it to seven, though, which is really good. Like, good try, Texas. Um, but they're actually in the middle of playing through what would be the Elite Eight. So that eight finalist teams. Uh, on the AL side, you have the Yankees playing Houston, which the Yankees won. Mm-hmm. Boston playing the Chicago White Sox. Chicago won. <sighs> And then in the NL, to be played tomorrow, uh, it's going to be St. Louis versus Cincinnati. I take St. Louis. And then in uh, the other bracket is the Dodgers versus the Brewers. The Brewers being a surprise team because they beat the Giants and the Cubs. So they kind of snuck in. Uh, but I don't see them getting past the Dodgers. So what exactly is this? Like, so get, give us like the, the Dude, overarching so, yeah, point. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, MLB.com. They took the best player at each position on each team okay, and got made, it. Okay. Yes. made a lineup of it. And then they simulated on some special computer program like seven games, including got it. Um, relief pitching, you know, like where is where. And then they had, uh, yeah, like the full, the full bracket and, and schedule and then played out all of these games. That's awesome. I'll take Ted Williams over Paul Canerco any fucking day of the week, though. I'll tell you that much. Well, that's what's really cool about it is they they do a write-up on it every time because they're sports writers, and I'm sure they're bored. So, like, for example, game one, Red Sox over Rangers, was a tight pitcher's duel between Pedro Martinez and Charlie Huff. It was tied one-to-one going to the bottom of the six, but David Ortiz came up with a game-winning blast, a two-run shot on a 3-2 pitch by Huff with two outs, and then it goes on. But it's interesting because you'll see, like, you know, Nolan Ryan pitching against Cy Young. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> ridiculous. Awesome. That's incredible. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, th- but like I said, this is not a new idea. You've had this for a long ass time. Yeah, uh, and and I'm so happy that they that they run with it. But like, I haven't changed my phone number. Just call me first. Uh, I know, and that's the other thing. Like, I feel like if you look at, like. Like, I don't understand how you get to, I guess I would have to see more of the simulations, but I don't understand how you get to some of those defeats based on, I guess, just overall strength. I, I don't. Hmm. Because they play the simulations. Like well, you I can get stream that, them but... on MLB Twitch and 
I'm sure you could bet on them on DraftKings if you wanted to. Like otherwise, oh, they wouldn't be involved. I'm all set on it's that. It's just random numbers, like random dice rolls against the stat lines of the players historically. It's not yeah. like fucking rocket science. Well, I get that, but it's just interesting. I'd be interested to see what all goes into like the actual calculations to figure out how these things happen and all that. I'd, I'd be interested in the, the science yeah. behind it. Next week on The Outfielder, numbers and how do they work? <laughs> Projections and forecasting right here. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I do. Uh, so one thing, I'm glad you brought up kind of like the tournament bracket style. So we're going to have, uh, we're going to go through the actual game-by-game -game breakdown next week of our tournament. I'm in the middle of simulating all of them right now. So we super will have exciting. Yeah, the the recap is this is um our second round. We simulated this season. So it's gonna be the twenty and twenty baseball season that is currently not happening with twenty twenty rosters, updated parks. Like we want it to be as legit as possible. So right. take that, MLB and DraftKings. Sam, let me ask you, how have you been faring without fantasy baseball? Because it stinks for me. I'm just like speculating wildly in the stock market now. <laughs> Awesome. Just taking one vice for another. I love it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's the same concept. Just doing my research on the fundamentals. Yep. I mean, it makes sense. Ben, I mean, you were, this is, so this would have been your third year going into fan, playing fantasy, yes, right? Yes, this would have been my, my third year actually playing and my second year in the majors because the okay. first year I wasn't able to join y'all's because I was the new guy and, and I get it. I'm, I'm, Still a lovable rookie, but I'm happy to uh, happy to have been included and invited. Well, now you are like you are going to have actually more seniority in our league this year than than other people. So, you know, had we been playing it, yeah. And been... last year, I didn't come in last place. That was all I wanted was to just not be last. And I think I was sixth of ten, maybe yeah, seventh you did good. of ten. Hasn't one-eared Ivan only come in last like twice, but he's lost just like an absurd amount of games? Yeah, his win percentage is like below. To 200, I think. <laughs> but he's only come in last like twice in five or six years or whatever it's been. All about those playoffs, man. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Oh. It's not fair. It's really not. Well, I wanted to break down the Red Sox investigation report because it finally came out. What? It, let me ask you guys before we get into it, what it was the fanfare like around it for you? Because obviously, like in my circles as a fan, I hear about this like immediately and all the fallout of it. But like, have you guys heard much about this at all? Well, to, to reset, there there wasn't a ton. Like, we had all been talking about it for months and months and months. And we've been waiting for this for damn near 90 days since the Astros stuff came down. Yeah. And it always had been, this is what happened in, in Houston. This is what the fallout was, even for people who are no longer in Houston, like Alex Cora. Just wait and see, because there will be a Red Sox report soon. Like that right. was the lead up, build up to it. Right. And, and I gotta tell you, it uh, came out with a whimper. I mean, but how could it not? Like, isn't everything just kind of being dumped in the news cycle right now that comes out like this? That's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's all kind of whitewashed considering what we're kind of dealing with on a bigger scale level right now. It's like, what yes. are you expecting when we're in a global pandemic? Yeah. Exactly. Like, it doesn't really matter about, I, I don't know, it, it does seem minimalized and trivialized. And I'm sure baseball loves that. Which is really frustrating. And A, I'm not a Houston supporter or a Houston denier, but like, Jesus Christ, you know, it, it happened in two cities and one city took it in the shorts and the other one's like, I'm walking on sunshine. Well, we're going to break down 
the specifics of what they found. And I'm going to reserve my opinion for after we get done with that. So that way I don't taint the actual report in any way. Is that a fair? Well, I mean, I'm a fan of the team. So so I think it's a fair headline. I think that, though, when it comes to uh, judgment. OK, that let's let's go through it. Let's see, because I'm I, I want you to tell this. me. That's why I don't want to put anything in your head. I don't want to say what I think about it yet, because I don't want to put anything in your head as far as. So like, do you want judgment. Sam and I to go first? Do you want to go through the no, report? No, we'll go talk, through the like, report, how, and then we'll okay. talk about where we're at. But I want to, like... There's no just, moral high ground here. It doesn't matter. Right. It does It does not matter, and that's what this comes down to. But we'll go through the actual report. I want to read some of, like, the evidential stuff out, like, the evidence stuff out to you guys, kind of like we did with the Houston report. And Perfect. that way, we're kind of treating it the same way, and I'm not putting any... I don't want to put any actual opinions out there until we've actually gone through it, because that's not okay. fair to you guys. I love um, it. So you guys have overviewed the report. So essentially, this thing was dropped last, what did we say, Ben, Thursday? Thursday, I think, yeah. Thursday um, from the commissioner's office, just dropped on their website, just like they did with the Astros investigation. And they went through some of the high-level talking points. Um, but essentially, I'm, so I'm going to go through the high-level talking points first, and we can dive down into more of the details of some of these things as we go. Sound good? Love it. All right. So um, remember, this comes from the office of the commissioner. So in other words, from Rob Manfred uh, says, following an in exhaustive investigation into allegations of improper use of the video replay room by the Boston Red Sox, I have come to the following conclusions. Number one, I find that JT Watkins, the Red Sox video replay system operator on at least some occasions during the 2018 regular season, utilized the game feeds in the replay room in violation of MLB regulations to revise sign sequence information that he had permissibly provided to players prior to the game. Number two, I find that unlike the Houston Astros 2017 conduct in which players communicated to the batter from the dugout area in real time, the precise type of pitch about to be thrown Watkins conduct by its very nature was far from limited in scope and impact, or I'm sorry, far more limited in scope and impact. The information was only relevant when the Red Sox had a runner on second base, and they put in parentheses, which was 19.7% of plate appearances league-wide in 2018, and Watkins communicated sign sequences in a manner that indicated that he decoded them from the in-game feed in only a small percentage of those occurrences. Number three. I do not find that then-manager Alex Cora, the Red Sox coaching staff, the Red Sox front office, or most of the players on the 2018 Red Sox knew or should have known that Watkins was utilizing in-game video to update the information that he learned from his pregame analysis. Communication of these violations was episodic and isolated to Watkins and a limited number of Red Sox players only. And finally, I find that the Red Sox front office consistently communicated MLB's sign-stealing rules to non-player staff and made commendable efforts towards instilling a culture of compliance in their organization. That's the executive summary to start. So not nearly as scathing, I feel like, right? They're just ready to be done with this. Absolutely. Like, they're just like shelling some tech, right? I mean, this who told them to do that? Who orchestrated this whole scheme? We'll, we'll get into it in a second. We'll get into the details of it, but... I mean, Ben, where, where's your head at just in the talking points to start? Well, 
I can't think of a kinder way of saying freaking horse malarkey. Okay. Well, we'll get in. Let's 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 keep going though. And we and can keep going. We can keep going because a lot of this stuff is substantiated through actual evidence. So that Ooh, that matters. Actual evidence. Yeah. No, here's the thing. Like, you have a com. You have. It's like. It's like when Upton Sinclair's The Jungle and you're asking the meatpacking industry to police the meatpacking plant. Sure, but like that's a general MLB compliance thing. Like that matters. I'm with you. And I, I don't doubt that this JT Watkins, you know, whoever, he did this. Mm -hmm. I just find it hard to believe that he did it on his own volition and didn't tell anyone. That's like saying, let me see how fast my car can go. Oh, but I sure as shit ain't going to race anyone. Like that's just not... If you're trying to race, you're trying to race. So, in other words, you're already decided before you've heard the actual facts and evidence of what we're actually going to talk about here. Wow. Well, no, I mean, you that's asked me where my head was at, and I'm sharing where my head was at. No, I mean, I, 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 I mean, yeah, that's you want to have said, your though. cake and eat it too. I got it. That's fine. Is no. that how they do it in Boston? No, no, that's what you said though, because you said that you wanted you wanted to reserve judgment, but you've already made a judgment about whether they're guilty based on another investigation that you haven't heard yet. No, no, no. Not based on another investigation, based on what you've read to me so far. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Sam, J JT thoughts? Watkins sounds like he was in the jungle, by the way. Oh, he absolutely. sounds like one of the meat packers. Well, and I was glad that uh, Ben brought up Upton Sinclair there, too, because he does sound like something, someone that would work in one of the meat packing industries at that point in time. Yes. <laughs> and he sounds like he could be uh, Madison Bumgarner's alias when he's rodeo riding. <laughs> True. Um, so I do want to go over just real quick the actual punishments, which, again, like I, <laughs> I don't want to. I'm not going to put my thoughts out there until we get done with this. But I just I want everything to be heard in the same light that the Astros were heard in. So I think that's important here because this is this, they're interconnected. All right. So Watkins is suspended without pay for the 2020 and 2020, or the 2020 season and the 2020 postseason, which we've talked about already on this show. Is crazy if the season doesn't end up happening in some way that all these people are going to end up not serving suspensions. That's crazy to me. Uh, that's bullshit. But regardless, that is what it is. Um, no other Red Sox personnel will be disciplined, although the commissioner's office agreed not to discipline players who were truthful in their interviews. Based on the findings of the investigation, that is not the case in which I would have otherwise considered imposing discipline on players. Uh, the club must be held accountable, particularly since the club may have benefited from the conduct. As a result, I've determined that they shall forfeit a second-round pick in 2020 first-year player draft. That's a ridiculous penalty no matter what we're talking about here, right? How uh, d Give me your parameters on ridiculous. Yes, I mean, please. Th this is, that's nothing. That doesn't mean anything. Okay. I'll, I, I told you guys the other day I will gladly exchange a second-round second pick for a ring easily. Wouldn't you? Are you saying that the cheating got them the ring no i'm not but i'm just saying i'll glad if that's what Sounds we're trying like to it. say here well, then that's what the tape said. i'll gladly do it um all right so it goes into the whole it goes so i want to go over kind of the overview of the actual investigation um it, it's this really the same type of thing we talked about with the astros where they they uh they drummed up the department of investigations which sam and i'm used about i love that the mlb has a department investigations ben 
who do you, how many people do you think are involved in the MLB Department of Investigations? Like, who, I think it was one dude, and they had to upstep to three, and now with COVID hitting, like two of them have lost their jobs already. They're working from home, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's great. Um, trying to get David Ortiz to answer my phone calls. <laughs> But you've been having issues with the phone. Um, the DOI interviewed 65 witnesses, including 34 uh, current and former players. Some witnesses were interviewed multiple times. Um, so the Ma- Major League Baseball Players Association also uh, provided uh, attorney to speak on behalf of 20 or fewer players. Um, or, I'm sorry, 10 players who played fewer than 20 games in that 2018 season, each of whom provided no material information. Um, as a result, every player who was active on the Red Sox roster during the 2018 season was afforded the opportunity to provide information. Uh, the Department of Investigations also reviewed tens of thousands of emails, text messages, video clips, and photographs. The Red Sox fully cooperated, blah, 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 blah. All right. So that's kind of the parameters around what they did. Any questions about, I mean, that's pretty much the same thing, right? That they did for the Astros. Is that fair? I mean, yeah, this sounds like they're going over the methodology. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so let's get into a little bit of the specifics here. So I, I kind of went in and highlighted some of these just so we could sum them up quick, a little quicker. Um, so we're going to go focus on the JT Watkins situation of it first and kind of move from there. So JT Watkins, a member of the Red Sox advanced scouting staff, was responsible for attempting to decode an opposing team signed sequences prior to and after the completion of the game, which was, in parentheses, and is, permissible under the rules. Watkins conveyed the signed sequence information he learned from pregame work to players in a meeting prior to the game or sometimes during the game. The issue in this case stems from the fact that Watkins, the employee responsible for decoding the opponent's signs prior to and following the game, also was the person stationed in the replay room during the game to advise the manager on whether to challenge a play on the field or not. So that is actually kind of interesting because I've always wondered who are they actually consulting with of like, who do we challenge or why do we challenge a play? So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good so far because, hey, every team has a sign guy pre yep. and post games like all of that seems, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not concerned about the fire at this point. Right. I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, Sam, any thoughts so far? No, pretty straightforward. I mean, I think every team kind of has some form of that, right? Yeah. Therefore, uh, Watkins, who was an expert at decoding sign sequences for video, had access to a live feed during the game that he could have, if he so chose, used to supplement or update the work he had performed prior to the game to decode an opponent's signs. Watkins vehemently denied utilizing the replay system. Of course he did, by the way. Uh, during the game to decode signs of the 44 players who provided information more than 30 stated that they had no knowledge regarding whether Watkins used in-game video feeds to revise his advanced sign decoding work. However, a small number of players said that at least on some occasions they suspected or had indications that Watkins may have revised the sign sequence information that he had provided to players prior to the game through his review of the game of the game feed in the replay room. So time out there yep. because that to me, that's a sentence that in my, you know, summaries that I'd read of it really stands out. Yeah. We start to veer off, tr- off uh, the level of honesty here a little bit. Right. So yeah. Of the 44 players who spoke to MLB investigators, more than 30. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. if it's more than 30, let's just assume 31. Okay. okay. That means the inverse of that 13 players 
13 players is more than 10% of your staff. Mm-hmm. So more than 10% of the staff suspected that Watkins was doing this. Not staff, just players, though, just to make yeah, sure yeah. we're, yeah, yeah. More than 10% of the players. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was referring to staff. Yeah, right, right. Yep, no, you're right. No, more than 10% sure. of your freaking lineup. It's a good point, Sam. Shit, that's more than 20%. That's, that's how numbers work. <laughs> how it's many people are on a baseball team? It's a lot. Yeah, no, uh, you can have, what, 25 guys in the clubhouse at a time, so then the rosters... I, well, that gets really tricky as far as, like, the actual as composition. As far as when, but... Yeah. Okay, okay, well, okay, all right. I'm just saying, but, like, yeah. that's there's smoke there. I'm with I don't you. care what J.T. Watkins says. Yes, no, I agree, and that's why I said, of course he's going to say that. Like, Yeah, you, know. y- you want to be honest? Start with a name, not an initial. What are you hiding? The other thing that struck me, and it's just something along the way to, to note that struck me, is what, like, if they knew all this was coming, what keeps the players from all banding together and saying this is the story, right? I mean, that's a fair thing to wonder. Collusion? Yeah. What? I mean, it's in everybody else's best interest, right? Yeah. But they know they're immune, right? After the Astros thing, they don't have to have a fucking fully fledged story, right? Which plays into, and I think that's very fair to consider. Uh, let's see. So, therefore, the narrow issue before me is whether Watkins, on at least some occasions during the 2018 season, utilized the game feed from the replay room to supplement or revise the sign sequence information that he provided to players prior to the game. After carefully considering all of the evidence, which is summarized below, I find that Watkins, on at least some occasions, utilized the game feeds in the replay room to supplement and revise sign sequence information that he provided to players prior to the game. So... Let's pause there because first off, he's the one who made the scope of this narrow. Mm -hmm. Like Manfred can't say, well, we're only looking at a narrow thing here. It's like, calm down. You're the one who's choosing the scope of this. Sure. But what, so how, uh, how else would you look at it? I don't know. More than narrow. Well, when you got a stretched uh, MLB investigations team, right? What are you going to (laughs) do? True. But also like you, like there, there has to be some, like in something like this, when it comes to like contracts and like all that crap, like in the legalese of all of it, there's got to be some kind of like thing you've got to focus in on. And what it sounds like he's trying to make the dis- just based on what it sounds like to me, he's trying to make the distinction between it's not illegal to decode signs and do all that, but to but to use those feeds during the game to pass on that information in real time, right, makes a difference. I hear that, and I'm just saying, if he was doing this, which the league report says he was, he passed it on to someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, J.T. Watkins is the only individual named thus far. Right, and so he. So I'll go into a couple other factors here that kind of dive down on that just a little bit. Um, but I kind of almost, <laughs> I'm kind of. <laughs> it strikes me as funny that Sam's first reaction was, "So they're just finding a scapegoat," because that's kind of what I thought. As I read through this whole thing, to be real honest with you guys, because it felt like they found one guy, but there is a lot of evidence to back up some stuff. So we'll go into that. But it's just funny that that was your first inference. Um, First, it appears that uh, so I'll kind of headline this. Uh, He said, I can considered a number of factors in determining the appropriate discipline to be imposed on Watkins and the club. First, it appears that Watkins' communication of sign information evidently decoded from the replay station was episodic and was done without the knowledge of the manager, the coaching staff, and most of the players. So would episodic be any time there was a runner on second? That's episodic. Well, it wasn't every percent of the time, apparently. 
well, but that's league wide too. But that's so we'll get into that that specific detail here in just a second because that's another bullet point we're coming upon. Um, so and most of the players, but it was the first time that Watkins was found to have. It was not the first time that Watkins was found to have violated MLB's rules. Watkins was a key participant in the Apple Watch incident that happened in late 2017 when the Red Sox admitted to using a smartwatch to communicate opposing clubs decoded signs from the replay room to the dugout. So that that's not great. That guy was involved in that the first time. And that's what stemmed a lot of this in the first place. I mean, Alex Cora is a big player in this, right? I mean, he was on the Astros club doing the same shit. Now all of a sudden the Red Sox are doing it. I mean, but this, but that that's, that's really important though. This is not the same thing. It's very different. And, and we haven't gotten there yet. That, but. that makes it worse. I think. So hold on. He was or wasn't decoding signs because that's what was happening in Houston. Wait, what now? Sorry? In Houston, you had someone decoding signs mm-hmm. mid-game yep. and then using a mechanism, in this case a trash can, to communicate, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what we're hearing that, in the hold report... On. That's a ridiculous sentence to say, by oh the way. God, Just, yes. it's still, that's that's yeah. like peak 2020. <laughs> um, and then in Boston, based on the report, there was someone understanding and decoding signs mid-game and communicating them. But so far, I don't see much of a difference. But we haven't gone into the, the specifics of how that was happening for you to see the difference. So, and I, so that's a fair assumption, is my point. All right, to your to your credit. All right, so um, so he was involved in the first one. Second, unlike the Astros' conduct in, or 2017 conduct, in which players communicated to the batter in real time the precise type of pitch about to be thrown. Watkins' conduct, by its very nature, was far more limited in scope and impact. We said we, that was in the kind of the highlight points. To the extent Watkins used in-game video to decode sign sequence information, the information he obtained was the cue for the actual pitch's sign among the many signs flashed by the catcher when a runner, uh, when a Red Sox runner was on second base, and then he includes the 19.7% of the time league-wide. Uh, and Watkins communicates sign sequences to evidently decoded from the in-game feed in an only a small percentage of those occurrences. And when Watkins utilized in-game video to revise his advanced work, the information was only useful in the if the opposing team did not again change their signs in a sequence after Watkins passed along the information to players, and only then if the Red Sox base runner was able to recognize the sequence provided by Watkins and also inform the batter that through a gesture that he understood correctly. So, so in other at words, least, at oh, least 13 people who were baseball players on the Red Sox were involved with Watkins and Watkins. No, would. they said that they had reason to believe that that may happen because of times when sign sequences that they had had provided before the game because of a certain pitcher may have updated or changed. That's the, the issue at hand here. And it sounds like if I'm not communicating to whoever is in the who's ever is at the plate, that doesn't mean that he's not communicating with whoever's in the batter's box. Say I have a man. That's the point of ceiling signs. (laughs) Right. But if I'm doing it in game with a digital advantage after I've already been slapped on the wrist for doing it digitally earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. And I know, well, allegedly that my coach was doing this in Houston. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just that they're painting, they're painting a picture. Right. But, the difference is here that you have so essentially you're taking data that you're you're essentially mixing what is okay with not okay pretty 
pretty minutely. So that way you have to really pick it apart to figure it out. And that's the whole point of a scheme like this. But the point really is, and the differentiating factor here is you had to change those things up. And that assumes that the pitcher and catcher doesn't change their signs up, which happens they a do. lot because of this. Yeah. And be, and because they know that and, only if he can relay that to second and then back to the batter's box versus banging on a trash can twice when a fastball is happening. That's or directly to the batter in the batter's box, which is far more condemning. Right. But, like, how do you communicate that? They had to bang on a trash can or use buzzers or whatever the hell they were using. This is different than that. And that's, that's the biggest differentiator in these two in my mind. Is it all b a bunch of bullshit minutia, you know, like, gray area crap? Absolutely. It is what it is. It's far more advanced, right? If they're having to communicate outside of a crude mechanism like banging on a trash can, like they have signs to communicate signs. Mm -hmm. So that's like, that's more. It's like inception level shit. Well, sure. that's where to me it's like, oh, cool. They cheated in a very similar way to how Houston cheated, but they're not being punished nearly as poor, nearly as harshly. But it didn't have the effect. There's not a possibility that it had effect on the game nearly as much as knowing batting on it, banging on a trash can, knowing a fastball's absolutely coming I'm versus and I'm maybe not saying I'm not saying strip the ring like that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But what I am saying is they cheated in the same season that they won the World Series, mm -hmm. similar to how the Astros cheated, albeit more in the same season that they won the World Series. Right. Sure. That's not a good look. No, none of this is a good look. I don't know why you think I'm saying it is. I don't want to be talking about like this you're at all. Defending Alex Cora. No, I don't think he, he got canned. He, right? he, he got, got canned, canned but... and that's that's a big reason in my mind why there's not more of a punishment because he's already gone. Like yeah, in but... the eyes of the MLB during all this COVID shit, like justice has been served. He's jobless. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, but he's only jobless for another six months. Yeah, yeah, it's true, and so. I feel like there seems to be, hey, if we're going to delay this three months after the Houston one, let's do some more digging because there's probably something else going on with Cora. It so, seems like a stretch to believe that someone who we know was key in orchestrating a cheating scandal at another club when moving to a different club where they're also doing a similar type of cheating was not involved. But also understand how dangerous it is to sit there and just dig on somebody and dig and dig and dig and dig. Like, you're going to do whatever you're going to do to come up with stuff like that. Like, that happens on its own now. But, like, that's not the point of this. It's an investigation as to what the team did, not the ne necessarily just one individual. It's everything. Everybody. He was, he was leading the team. And we haven't gotten someone, to that part either yet. We're not done with the report yet. There's someone who said you're not defending him. It sounds like you're defending him. No, I'm defending it because we're not like there's there's no objectivity whatsoever going into this. Like you had told me before we even started that you decided they were guilty of this before we'd even gone through the report. Well, we the all report knew that says already. they're guilty. So it actually doesn't. But, you know. Oh, so why is Watkins suspended for being not guilty? He, well, he's the one that's suspended, but the, there's it. <laughs> so. 
it shows here that the team in this report, it shows that team did their due diligence to make sure that they were illustrating organizational control at all points in time, distributing memos, making sure that the management staff and the coaching staff was communicated that this stuff is not acceptable. And there is actual ample evidence of that throughout this entire report. That's the baseball players love reading memos. Sure. Right? Hey, but like it, you, do you read every single memo that comes across your desk? I you feel bet like your I'm, ass I do. I hate people who don't read those memos. Well, I read, I write but you just made the point against it, though. <laughs> but you I'm just, just made, saying, you just told me that they don't read it. So, like, that's the point. Is like, I know you do, but, but I, most people don't. But institutional organizational controls in memo form or paper trail form may or may not be effective. Point in case, Wells Fargo. They were telling their people don't do this, but their people were doing it. So. Potentially in Houston, if there's emails or in Boston, if there's emails saying, don't do this, you know, like, don't tell me that because I sent an email that someone is or isn't going to adhere to what I'm putting in the in the writing. Sure. But like, that's what you agree to as an employee of an employer. That That's just how that works. Like, you that OK, like everybody has to abide by those things. That's not different because you're a baseball player is my point in this podcaster's opinion. Mm hmm. This feels like they got a fall guy. Manfred went easy because he's sick of dealing with this. Boston and Cora's probably, already taken care of. Cora is already out. Boston is um, a more marketable team. They're sick of running around with egg on their face. So let's let's release a press release when there's sixty thousand Americans dying of a global pandemic. And, that they uh, started, by the way, to cover this whole thing up. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Well, it's just for the tape on that one. But you know what I mean? Like, that's where, at least in my opinion, mm -hmm. this stinks. Sure. But what also stinks is that you're not willing to listen to anything other than the contrary. Like, that, that's my point. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I mean, like I told you, I don't want to be sitting here reading this fucking report about my team. I don't want to fucking do that because I don't want that to be the case, but it is, and that's why I have the balls to sit here and do it and defend, like, things that happen because there are differences in this report versus what happened with the Astros. And it's not, I agree. it hasn't been treated as such. And I said that. I said crystal clear that there are differences. I even gave the point that Houston was likely cheating more than Boston was. That's fair. You did. So don't d die on that hill as though I didn't say that. No, I'm just saying, like, I want to make sure that we're giving all of this a fair shake. And that's we did that with the Astros, too. And we criticized the shit out of them. Like, like I said, I don't Still think do. that, exactly. And I don't think that Boston's necessarily innocent. I think that they wanted this to go the fuck away. But like, that's, you know, that is what this, this is what the report says. I'm not making this up and trying to, like, you know, uh, die on some hill that I don't necessarily even want to talk about. Well then, let's 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 find that hill and let's see where where do you land based on the report? Based on the report, and I admire your willingness to be objective. And if the bullseye or target was ever on any of us, or since we're media or the outfield or anything like that, that's all we want is is objectivity. Mm -hmm. However, given what you've read so far, mm -hmm. what we've read, what we saw in Houston, with Someone who at least was cheating in Houston, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. that's, all right. Now that's our baseline. Where, where do you, that's our baseline. Yeah. We are all three in agreement. Yeah. So, so okay. Do, are you asked? Do you want me to keep going with the report? Or do you want to know where I stand on it? 
I want to know where you stand because I feel like I know, but I don't. I want to continue to give you the benefit of the doubt to defend it because sure. it's yeah. that's what we're doing here. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I I fall somewhere in the middle of this. To be real honest with you, I don't think they're innocent by any stretch of the imagination. I'm really well aware that there is a a mass benefit getting this out of the news and just being done with this and moving on and finding somebody dependent on and moving on. I think there's, I, I don't ever discount things like that. I, and you, you shouldn't like, you should never just assume that everybody's acting with noble intent, even though it's best to try to live your life that way. But you know, like it's, you know, people stink. Right. And, and there's definitely bullshit things that were going on here. But I just don't think that it even comes close to equating to what the Astros did. And, uh, like, whenever you're sitting there looking at, like, measures that are supposed to be taken, like, regardless of how you feel about measures for organizational control and whether they're effective or not, those are still measures that are put in place so that everybody can act on the best faith. Like, in Sam's example, like, he reads every memo because that's what you're supposed to fucking do. Like, that's the point. And you have to... You have to, as an employee, know that like your employer is getting those things out to you and you should take those seriously. And there are plenty of, as, as you go through this report, there are plenty of actual examples of act, like meetings and things of actual compliance discussions to make sure that we're operating within the rules. And that was actually what was probably most surprising to me because I kind of expected it to be more reckless than that based on what I've heard so far what happened in houston i think this whole thing stinks and we don't know what they have done based on what the astros report said because it's been over 90 days right so say more about that i think that this is like wildly speculative not unlike my weird stock market place but <laughs> like they've gotten a lot of time <laughs> yes they've had a lot of time to like absorb what the mlb uh put forth in the astros report and potentially like change the story yeah to suit their needs like <laughs> absolutely were those memos actually distributed and on paper like they could have produced a bunch of that shit and like falsified things that's again wildly speculative they had lots of time and who knows uh what investigation was going on during mm -hmm. that time like they they absorbed what the astros were handed down and uh they they could have done something to alter the story that's all I'm going to say. That's fair. And to Ben's point, like they they did spend a good amount of time researching it and looking into all these act like they did actual wipes of pe or uh, was it imaging of people's phones or whatever so you can look through the context. Like they did all that that stuff just like they did with the Astros. So like that mm -hmm. those standards didn't change. But you're right. There's a huge in uh, incentive for this to go away. And there's ample time for people to kind of forget about the minutia of the Astros report and kind of minimalize that down to know, like, because there were a lot of things when that report came out that kind of went off the rails and, and bad PR wise. This felt yeah. way more buttoned up to me. Yeah, this was we fired Tim from accounting. No, <laughs> they just suspended Tim. They didn't even whatever. fire Tim. <laughs> yeah. OK, they did. Which is worse. And there's a lot of. So here's Ben. I love you, by the way. You know that. Thank you. You too. Man. <laughs> here's the thing is whenever it boils down to it, though, and, and Justin, if, if we go back and listen to any of our podcasts, whenever there's a controversy, you are crystal clear. It's saying follow the money. Yes. So in this case, let's follow the money. And oh, see. let's do it. I fucking hate the Red Sox ownership. Let's fucking do it. Let's go. So like <laughs> in all honesty, like there's 
there's good financial incentive for both the Red Sox and MLB to sort of, hey, I'm going to nudge you on the shoulder and, you know, why don't you here next week? I'm going to ask you for some emails. This is the type of thing you might want to send me. Oh, yeah. And we're talking about the same ownership group that over in the UK. So they own Liverpool FC as well. And they gouged a bunch of fans out of tickets that for games that they had paid for that they weren't going to refund until the public backlash absolutely forced them to do so. So this is this is not an ownership group that is attuned to what Red Sox fans want or like. Like this is an ownership group that thinks everybody really likes them when everyone really fucking hates them. And so like they're always desperate to do something to get things like this out of the the press. I mean, you remember whenever they fired Alex Cora, they said next to nothing in the press conference. Oh, yeah. They said, oh, that guy, he doesn't work here. What are you talking about? Right. We're going to wait for the investigation to conclude. Here it is. One dude from the camera room gets, you know, punished. So, I, like I said, I think overall, my opinion is it's somewhere in between. It's not all one way. It's not all the other either. And I know that's kind of so like they a... Didn't, do what? So, you don't... Which side... Are, where so the middle what are the what's this what is so, the spectrum here so based on if you take piece by piece of the report i would say that alex cora should have no problem getting another job and if the red sox understood what people wanted i think they should hire him back but they would never do that they're not attuned to that um because honestly like he this is something that he did in houston with another team if he's going to get fired he should get fired for that not for what he what didn't happen in boston what did or didn't happen, I should say. I corrected myself. Don't look at me like that. Did or did they, not happen. happened in both places, and he was in charge in both places. He like, was not in charge did in or both didn't. places. They, they both did. No, he, he was not in charge did. in both places, though. He had some manner of authority. He did. He's a manager. Right. He wasn't he was assistant a, to the regional manager. Sure, but he was a bench coach before. We can't just mix up things and just say that they were when they no, weren't. No, you're right. The bench coach still has the word coach in it. Manager doesn't have the word coach in it either, buddy. <laughs> He's not the fucking equipment manager, okay? I know, you I get the it. point. He's not like Hoggy on the Rangers. Do we exactly. like the sidebar? Do we like that, like, they're not called coaches in baseball? It needs to be interchangeable. It's 2020. Right? And I also think it's kind of dumb they have to wear a uniform, but we can get into that later. But I'm a little be wearing bit suits. Of, yes. I really like this point because I, I like that it's different so that I can call people out who don't know baseball. Like, oh, the coach. I'm like, that's the manager. That's a idiot. very good point. That might be the I, best point you've ever made on this show. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Let's put him in like a 1930s, like wool three piece. <laughs> oh, yeah. But anyway, like a boater it, hat and a big cigar. I, I do recommend if you if you're interested in it to go out and read it specifically, though, and really read through the way that they put things because to, to Ben, to your credit and what you're saying, like there's a lot here that doesn't smell great and that doesn't feel great, but it's definitely not to the degree as far as lack of organizational control. And I think Sam, you'd asked about like kind of the spectrum. I think that is really important to, to note here is they were able to demonstrate more organizational control than Houston, where that thing may have ran all the way up to the GM. And that what about the what about the COVID component? Okay, so <laughs> let's flush this out a little bit more. Tell me more about this conspiracy theory you've got going on. Oh no, I won't. That's not a good idea on the podcast, <laughs> is it? So let's all right. So and and Justin, to your credit, you're absolutely right. If you're looking for easy differentiators, the flowchart goes 
Was there cheating? Yes. Okay. Now that we're over here, was there a trash can? And then the the Red Sox and Astros delineate pretty that's right. clearly <laughs> and easily at that one. Yeah, that's but, very true. But there was cheating. Yeah. And there was the same type of cheating with similar people in authority. Mm-hmm. And both teams won the World Series. And my shit don't stink. The Rangers were likely doing something similar. Sure. And other teams were likely doing. So, like, don't come at me and saying, well, what about your steroid drinking Rangers? Blah, 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 blah. Like, I no, love that. You know, calm down. But, you know. All right. Yeah, what no, I'm with you. Say, like, admit, your hand up. And Ben, that that's a, a an incredibly fair observation and point. Like that that's that's you know from an outsider's perspective of of, I'm like I said, a lot of this is just minutia. And it's meant to kind of make the mind tired, tired brain, if you will. And I think like that almost tells you whenever you start getting too detailed, like what's what's really going on here and i know like if it were the other way and we didn't have enough detail then there would be outrage over that too right but like i i just when you bare bones break it down like that that's very true but it's also a manner in how the organizations acted and that matters to me in the grand scheme of how this looks on the sport and again not to say that that defends it by any means but just it it's a renegade franchise versus a renegade few players or whatever and that that can matter in the grand scheme of it and it's all about money you're 100 percent correct about that though so i i'd like to bring up a point that i don't think we've discussed and that is there's like a lot more bad pr around the astros scandal mm-hmm. because there's all these youtube clips of like trash can bangs right Hilarious. just like it's everywhere that's going to live on forever and the red sox scandal if you can even call it that in comparison, there's no like fan driven analysis. It's invisible cheating. Right. And like, I think that that plays a part in the decision to downplay the penalties. So in other words, what you're saying is like there, there's a lot of incentive to being better at it. And the fact that it's not so easily identifiable, you don't have the footage to go back on. Is that kind of where your head's at? Yeah, the Red Sox is a more complex scheme. They're not using a crude method like banging on a trash can. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they they hit it a hell of a lot better. And the other thing and too they didn't is, make a mockery of it all over YouTube. Well, the other thing to their credit is that, and one of the bigger differentiators for me is there's not this in-game pitch by pitch like this is what it's going to be versus like you have to have a runner on second so you have to be in this very specific situation they have to have not changed the signs you have to be able to decode those signs quick enough and pass that through several people and like versus like we don't even know if the Astros were wearing like a buzzer or not like that that's a very big different I mean regardless it's still cheating no matter how you want to slice it up and I think that's Ben's point but like that's a very different system and I mean, there's a covert way that they went about this thing, obviously, and it just feels more minimalistic than real-time pitch. Like, this is going to be a fastball to me. There's still work in understanding how the system works, and you still have to rely on the fact that maybe they didn't change their signs, and hopefully they didn't kind of thing. So as a, as a Red Sox fan, yep, in your lifetime, they've won four titles? Uh, yes. Okay. Does this one get tarnished in your opinion i don't care i mean well i I definitely don't care because the report goes on to talk about the 2018 postseason and that's when they put the mlb people in the actual locker room 
or the the replay booth and all that stuff. So that could not happen in any way, shape, or form. So but it's it was shown like in this people were cheating, and so they put someone in the booth. Well, right, and and I was gonna say, and it was shown that he had the access to get that information, even when you know accesses were taken away when they realized oh this was happening. But that didn't continue into the postseason. So he had the access to do it, like. You know, there's no debating that that was what was happening there. So Boston in 18, they were the wild card team, right? No, no, they won 108 they won like games. 112 games or something, <laughs> yeah. right? I thought it was 105. And 108. I thought that was also the year. Okay, right, yeah. never mind. 108 and 112, I think. Or Yeah, I forget how it all played out. But. That's right. I think you had them as the wild card in our predictions. That's what it that was. That was what it was. Yeah. So pretty crazy. I don't know. Whatever it is, what it is, it doesn't seem to matter to baseball, so... Why should I care as a fan, right? Like, Well, that's the thing is <laughs> it should matter to baseball. And here's the thing. You, me, Sam, all of us are our good friend Jimmy Midtown, Duster Dan, who now runs a YouTube LaCroix channel. Like, There is plenty of people who care about the sport who are deeply interested in this. Yeah. However, I'm going to say that if we zoom out, this is at best the third most popular sport in America, and you now have the potential of two not just one but two of your world series teams having at least asterisked or tarnish marks next to their world championship it is not a good look for baseball no. it's not a good look for them to release this report during a global pandemic to sweep it under the rug it's not a good report to release it to it's not a good look to release a report where you try to get people lost in the minutiae to focus on you know splitting hairs in order to compare trash cans versus TJ. Like the whole thing is not a good look overall for the sake of major league baseball. And that to me is a damn shame. No, 100%. I agree with that. That like none of this makes it okay. That, that I think that's what I overall want to get across from my point of view is none of this is okay. None of this is something that I would like to see out of any team period. Like that's not, the way this is supposed to be done. I'm also not naive enough to think that this kind of stuff doesn't happen. And I very much understand the financial gain that matters in World Series championships or any championship in any sport whatsoever or anything like that. So that's kind of where I'm at on it. No, no, fair point. Sam? Any other closing thoughts? I'm, I'm just sick of the cheating. I'm ready for baseball to start. Feels like we've been it's been dragged out for a long time because of all this. Yeah, you know, I wish I wish there were more penalties, but then at the same time I don't. Like baseball has enough problems and I don't want uh the sport, the third most popular sport to become the fifth most popular sport because of all the cheating. It's very, yeah. very true. Hockey and major league soccer are coming for us. <laughs> Well, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to check us out on sensiblyloud.com. Plus, we are all over your social media. Uh, and guess what? We're pissed off, and we still have things to talk about, and we want to engage with you. Don't forget to sign on and uh, check out our lawn care competition and see if you can tell, A, whose lawn is whose, and B's whose looks the best. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a ton. Huge props to J-Mac for producing this and almost every other episode. Y'all, keep it going. We want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 106 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive, and we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Yeah.